0: Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. But the title today is The Narrow Road. The Narrow Road, Matthew 7, 13-14. Now, Remember two weeks ago when I the youth group shared a lot, but I also talked about Pilgrim's Progress, the book Pilgrim's Progress. And I know some of you have read Pilgrim's Progress. Anybody read that? Uh, great, great book. If you haven't read it, get it, read it. They also have a, a, a DVD called Dangerous Journey. Super thing to watch with your kids and watch yourself. It's very, very moving. And I showed a little bit of that. And then last week we had Journey to the Celestial City. And on all that, the, the Dangerous Journey... Uh, the Journey to Celestial City is all right from Pilgrim's Progress Powerful book and, But both, all that is based on something else That's based on a passage, Matthew 7, 13-14 That's where it all came from, Pilgrim's Progress, Journey to Celestial City Which you saw last week, it's all from Matthew 7, 13-14 Now I'm just going to give you a, a little background In Jesus' day, everyone thought they were going to go to heaven Can you believe that? They just all thought they were going to be going to heaven yeah I'm joking, but uh, but they've just figured, well, we're born Jewish, we the mouths have been circumcised. we're all set we're going to heaven someday.n't does matter if there was any faith involved, doesn't matter if there's any holiness involved. This is why Jesus banged his heads up against the Pharisees, right? We've been looking at that. Didn't matter. and so they all just thought, and so Jesus drops his bombshell here right in the middle of, right toward the end of the Sermon on the Mount, drops a bombshell, tells them what it's like. People who put their faith in Christ and how to put your faith in Christ and, and, and how to, what our lives should be like. And then he drops this bombshell saying, uh, not so fast, because not so many of you are going to be going to heaven. In fact, we're going to see here that most people aren't going to heaven. I don't say that happy, that's heartbreaking, but the, the spiritual reality is Jesus said, and this is the guy we put our faith in, says most people aren't going to be in heaven someday. And it's the same thing in the USA today. In the US today, most people think they're going to heaven. I remember this um, survey, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago now. I can't remember how long ago, but I just, it really stuck in my mind. They did a survey of how many people think they're going to heaven. And it was like 90%, almost 90% of. Was that right, Chuck? 90%. And, and 90% think they're going. And I'd like to talk to the 10% who are realistic, but, but the, the, then they said, who do you think is most likely to go to heaven? And I remember the very top was Mother Teresa. And after that was Oprah, I think Oprah was number two, and, uh, you know, they just went through this whole list of who is most likely to go to the heaven, and, and it doesn't matter what people believe, it doesn't matter who they believe in, it doesn't matter how they live, it, there's this new religion of diversity, it's, I call it the religion of diversity, now some diversity is very positive. Cultural diversity is super. I love having different cultures. Uh, racial diversity is awesome. We love it when a church has racial diversity. It's super. But spiritual diversity is a whole other matter. That's not so good. That's, uh, that's a very neg- – that's a, it's a deception. Spiritual diversity is deceptive It's a deception And spiritual diversity says all religions are equally true They're all pieces of the same puzzle And when you put all those pieces together You get the picture of who God really is And and, and how to have a relationship with God That's spiritual diversity And that's that's the religion of America today, right? That's what we've become as a country And we're going to see that Jesus and his fishermen are not in that boat They're not in that boat that's not that's not something Jesus left as an option. In fact, he makes it very clear, which we're going to see in just a moment, that very few people are going to heaven. Very few people have a true relationship with the one true God, and this is one of the hardest teachings I think for Christians in the USA today to accept and to wrap our minds and hearts around and to hang on to because it's so counterculture that it's very, very difficult. Let me pray first. Father, we thank you for the worship. We thank you for the special drama, musical drama last week and and how it encouraged so many of us. Lord, as we look now at a very difficult passage and a very difficult teaching from your son Jesus, we pray that your spirit would speak to us and work on our hearts the way that you want to change us and transform us we pray for your mercy and grace in jesus name amen okay let's pick it up here matthew seven thirteen and 14 where he says jesus says enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it wow Wow. Enter through the narrow gate. He starts off saying enter through the narrow gate and then he, he gives us two different pictures, two different doors really. Two different doors. Uh, Josh, can you pop up that door picture where he gives us two different choices. One side's bright, one side's dark, one leads to somewhere positive, one one negative. Two different choices with two different consequences. It's the one's a little dark there, but you see like a dark road and a dark castle and the other one's bright and and, and really <clears throat> two two choices, two consequences. He tells us what it is. You remember the door number one and door number two? Remember that game show when you get picked the door? What was that called? Uh, Let's, make a deal. Let's make a deal, right? And you say, oh, come on. They, you know, come, they come down, and then they get to pick door A, and then they show you behind what was that curtain, and then they give you cho- another choice, door curtain number two or door, or whatever, curtain number two, curtain number two, and then you didn't know what was behind that one, and you kind of guess, and someone would say, well, you get this, you know, bicycle, but there could be a car behind there, but and then they'd pick door, curtain number two, and it was, you know, a box of macaroni and cheese or something, Yeah, you know, you know, or sometimes they wouldn't pick it, and it would be a car, and it would be like so bad, and you never knew what was behind those, those curtains, remember, you to still love to watch that show, but Jesus doesn't play a game with us here. He tells us what's behind the curtain. Both curtains. He opens them both up and shows us which what's behind both of these doors here. He, he tells us where these roads lead. And back to Matthew 7, 13, and 14, he says the first one is door number one. And he says wide is the gate. This is the first one. Wide is the gate. Why is it wide? Because it's easy to go through. It's easy to go through. There is, it's it's. There's no restrictions for door number one, the wide gate. There's self-will and self-gratification, and you don't have to—there's no restrictions. And he goes on to say, wide is the gate, and it leads to a broad road, a wide road. Once again, why is it broad? Why is it wide? Because it's easy to travel. It's easy to travel. It's all downhill, and we're going to see it's way downhill, right? This is—I remember the song when I was a teenager. It was called— ACDC sang Highway to Hell remember that one and I was like trying to remember the words and, uh, and I pulled out the lyrics uh, googled the lyrics and just listen this is, this, that's talking about the wide, the wide road the broad road and he says I'll just read a few of the lyrics it says living easy living free ain't nothing I would rather do going down party time my friends are going to be there too I'm on the highway to hell no stop signs speed limit no one's going to slow me down. So you get that? No restrictions, right? I'm on the highway to hell. Don't stop me. I'm going down all the way down. I'm on the highway to hell. And, and that's the picture. That's this broad road. That's what they're talking about. And that's, that's it. The picture. No restrictions. It's broad because the road is broad because they've rejected God's safeguards. It's a road without any guardrails on the side. And what is a the guardrail there for? It's to protect us. It's to protect us. Keep us from getting hurt. It's keeping us from crashing. But but we this on this road. There's no guardrails. The guardrails have been removed. And, and 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 what was meant to keep us safe. Well, those rules that God gave us. They're not they're not meant to hurt us. They're meant to keep us safe and to let us enjoy life fully. That's the whole point of that. God's safeguards, because He knows how He created us and He knows how He wants us to live and He knows how we're going to be happy. Ultimately, truly happy, not temporarily, but truly happy, long-term happiness. And that's why he puts these safeguards in place. And, and this one, this, this broad road, people said, no, there's no guardrails. And this is broad because it's easy on the flesh. There's no such thing as no in this, on this road. Can you imagine, i got children, I, imagine taking a, a, a three-year-old, I, uh, Baby D, Danielle, taking Baby D to the, the candy store, saying, eat whatever you want. You know, usually they say, can I have a candy bar? Can I have a Tootsie Pop? Or oh, you know, you would Debate. Can you imagine walking a three-year-old into a candy store and saying, eat whatever you want? What would happen? They'd eat whatever they want. You know, they would throw up. They'd be throwing up. I've seen it happen. They eat so much candy, they throw it up. Paul and Grandma, Jim, used to take the kids to the baseball game. I think Kim's teaching the kids. And and she... He'd take them to the Mets game, never the Yankees. Always the Mets game, Mets game, and and, and he'd give them whatever they want, and they'd come back. I remember they come back, and sure enough, about two in the morning, they'd throw up, you know, and it, and it would be purple and all these different colors, and and I know I'm grossing you out, but they eat, you know, what it was? cotton candy? I knew what it was. You know, they eat all so much cotton candy they threw up in the middle of the night. I'm like, next time you next time you take them to a the Mets game, you keep them paw, you know, and, uh, and uh, but but that's what happens. No safeguards. No no. Involved, And that's what thats what this road is like. It's easy because they just go with the flow. And some of you might say, well, I may be on that road too. Just listen, because we all start off on this road, right? And it's easy because you go with the flow. I, one of my favorite uh, authors is Arthur Pink. Been dead for probably 50 years now. But I love his books. They're like commentary devotional mix. And he wrote one on the Sermon on the Mount. I just love reading it. And he used the example of, he said, it's like a dead fish. A dead fish... Floats with the stream. Just goes with the flow, right? Only a live fish can go against the current. Right? Let's think of the salmon jumping. Only a live fish can do that. And that's what we are when we're on this road. We all start out on this road. You might be on there, right, even as we speak. we We are dead. We are spiritual zombies. We're the walking dead on this road. The walking dead. Spiritual zombies. Dead. That's what we are. And... It says, Jesus says there are many on this road. Many on this road. What does that mean? Most people are on this road. This road is crowded. Why is it crowded? Because you can do, it's attractive. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> who wouldn't want to go on this road? Because it's attractive to the sinful flesh, right? It, 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 you can do whatever you want. But think about this. People who are on this road still think they're going to go to heaven. But imagine this. Could you, it's really a crazy concept, right? Could you imagine in your house, parents say, kids, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. You couldn't run a household that way. A business. If you have a business, employees, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. What would happen? Be a mess, right? School, teachers, kids, do whatever you want. Here's a book you want to read, but, but do whatever you want. What would happen? It'd be total chaos, right? Nobody, nobody can run anything that way but we expect god to run his creation that way it's his creation he created us to live a certain way and how we're going to live that way and enjoy that our lives but we expect him to, to say live any way you want doesn't matter it's okay isn't it crazy i mean if you really think about it philosophically it's nuts and there's a peer pressure to walk this road why because you follow the crowd There's a pressure to stay on this wide road because everybody's doing it. Everybody's walking this way. There's this pressure on us to walk this way. And if we don't walk on this road, what do people think about us? We're crazy. We're narrow-minded. I'll get back to that a little bit, right? We're crazy. They don't like it when we don't believe what they believe and don't act the way that they act. They get mad and they attack. Zombies bite, right? Zombies bite. That's what they do. Zombies bite. And Even many churches are on this road. On this road. On this slippery slope. There's a whole new movement now called the Emergent Church. The Emergent Church. And at first it looked kind of cool. All these young people going to church and it was exciting and they had new ideas and and, and it looked like it was going to be something really positive. We even showed some of the videos from the Emergent Church worship things. But what emerged as the Emergent Church has been starting to put out their beliefs and what's emerged from the emergent church is they don't believe that jesus is the only way and they don't believe in hell and they don't talk about sin so much that's what's emerged from the emergent church and of course they don't want to believe in hell because uh there's a good reason why they don't teach about hell and don't believe in it because that's where jesus says they're going unless they turn back that's where we are all going unless we turn back he says this road leads to where Destruction, destruction. It's a deceptive road. It's eternally fatal. It ends up in hell. It's it's eternally fatal. It's dead man's curve. It's so much fun, but you know, remember the old song? Dead man's curve? So much fun till you get to dead man's curve, and then then we're then we're in trouble. It's a lie. It's a deception. When we were kids, we used to like to build uh, on, the, on the farm. We used to like to build these hay tunnels, straw tunnels, and hay tunnels, and we usually built them up when we get to the top of the haymow we would build a, a tunnel with the straw bales, which were light, and, and we'd build them, and you could, you would, you'd you build it there, and it was safe, because you could go through it, and there's only one bell over top of you, and you could see through, because the light was coming through the, the bales, and you could kind of see your way through, and we made, we built these real safe tunnels, but one time, my brother Billy, and uh, uh, everybody on the farm is Billy, Chucky, you know, it's, you know the Y, right? So anyway, uh, Billy and his friend Ed, his friend Ed came over, and and they decided to build in the hay, which is a lot harder to do because the hay bales are heavy and it's a little more dangerous, and it's a, little, it's a lot trickier to to build something safe. They, right in the middle of the hay mound, about halfway up, I'll never forget it, we came, I came back, and they had been stacking hay, unloading the wagons and stacking the hay, and they had built it right about 20 feet up. It was about 40 feet high, about 20 feet up. There was a doorway into the hay. And my brother Bill and his friend Ed said, hey, you want to go in the hay tunnel? We built a great hay tunnel. I'm like, yeah, that looks cool. I mean, it looked really cool. So I'm climbing up there. And they, come on, follow us in, follow us in. And and, in, and it was really cool. It wasn't like the straw tunnels. It was dark, pitch black. You could not see a thing. I mean, it was dark, right? And we're, we're crawling through and going around. Isn't this great? I'm like, yeah, this is exciting. We're going around, all these banging into the walls. You couldn't see. It was winding and weaving and going down. And they were laughing. And come on, go faster, go faster. And they're going around. I'm trying to catch up to them because I didn't know where they were, right? And all of a sudden, nothing. I'm in a free fall, just falling, falling, and, and I, it's hard to explain the shock, you're in pitch black, and all of a sudden, nothing, and I just remember crashing, crashing head first, it was about 10 feet drop, in pitch black, and I just remember laying there just stunned, what just happened? And I'm looking around for my, reaching for my glasses, you know, and, and I'm trying to, trying to figure out where I am. I, I was probably, I don't know, 12 or something. I, I can't remember. And, and I just remembered the shock. I was totally disorientated. And, and what they had done is they had built a trap right in the middle of this This tunnel. And they were going through, and they built about a 10-foot pit as they stacked the thing. And, it was, and and they knew where it was, so as soon as they came to it, they jumped over. They went around the ledges around it. And I had no idea. I went head first, boom, right into this pit. How I didn't break my neck, I don't know, right? But they're up there laughing and having a great time. Like, Whoa, wait, we got you good. We got you good. You know, razzing me. And it's like... So I put on my glass. I remember climbing up. I said, where are I go now? And I followed them out, and they were laughing. But well, What do you think? Oh that was great. And I ran and got my brothers and sisters. We one after another. We did it to them. And then on their we got all of our friends, we, this, we had so much fun with us for about a week. You know, all of our friends coming over. Want to go in the tunnel? Yeah. And we were doing it to them. How did any, how no one broke their neck or got killed or we didn't have to do an emergency evacuation, I don't know. Except farm kids are very tough. And um, even more than that, my mom said we had double guardian angels on the farm. So yeah, that was her her view. Of how none of us were, you know, seriously injured on the farm. But uh, but can you imagine, you know, dropping kids on their head ten feet down? Now you know it would be crazy, right? But that but that I, that was a shocking experience. Was so so much fun to... Crash. And that's what this road is like. Everybody's saying, Come on, it's a lot of fun. And they're all in the dark, you know, they're all spiritually blind. They're walking in the dark, they're, you know, taking a dark path. And, and they're, Come on, have fun. And it does look like fun. And all of a sudden, there is a crash. There's a crash. Because the wide gate and the broad road ends with that same kind of crash. That's what it ends with. But Jesus gives us a second door. And He tells us what's behind the second door. He said, Door number two. He says, small is the gate. Small is the gate. Why is the gate in Luke 13, which we'll look at next week, There's he calls it a door. There's Why is it small? Because there's only one way through this gate. There's one way through it. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's a small doorway. Acts 4.12, the apostles are preaching. They said, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. That door is shrinking, isn't it? 1 John 5.12, the apostle John wrote, he wrote, he who has a son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. It's only through believing in Jesus Christ. That's the only way. There's one way. It's a small opening to squeeze through that Jesus is teaching us. I remember reading an article one time and it was a buddhist monk and he was talking about spirituality and he was and he he got around to christianity in his talk and and he was a real just a real peace loving guy saying how world peace and love and all these warm fuzzies and then he brought up jesus and he said no now jesus is okay too he's okay too uh as long as he as long as you say jesus is a way it's no problem he's a, a good teacher and a good guy and you can follow jesus but if jesus says he's the only way then I curse him. He's evil. And, and this guy, this loving Buddhist monk, all of a sudden turned like psycho. And just was like, oh, man, where did the love go? You know? But he, if Jesus says he's the only way, I hate him. Anger. Because people don't want to be told there's one way. But that's what Jesus taught. There's this whole other teaching out there. I remember the the saying um, about Mount Fuji. Um Yoshi, do you remember the saying about Mount Fuji with world religions? I remember someone saying there are many paths to the top of Mount Fuji but they all get to the top and that's like a a common saying right, over in the east there, that that there are many ways to the top of Mount Fuji but they all get you to the top what they don't point out though is that Mount Fuji is a volcano (laughs) Right? right it's a volcano and that's where they all lead, all those paths lead right Jesus, uh-uh back to Matthew 7, 13 to 14, he says, small is the gate and narrow the road. Narrow the road. It's narrow because why? Because it's hard. It's hard to follow Jesus Christ. It involves daily repentance. It involves daily surrender. It involves daily crucifying the sinful s- self the sinful flesh daily it takes that daily it 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 takes rejecting the world trying to squeeze us the world is trying to squeeze our mind we're going to look at that the next couple weeks we're going to talk about how to stay on the road and how to not let the world squeeze us don't don't miss it this is just part one of the whole thing but but we're going to talk about how how to stay on this road and how, how God helps us with that but the world is squeezing us it's not letting the world squeeze our mind it's not letting our damaged emotions drive our life we're all damaged right We have a lot of mental damage and emotional damage and physical. We have all kinds of damage. But if we let our damaged emotions drive our life, we're going to be in a mess. And it's not letting that happen. Instead, we're saying, I'm going to learn what God's word says. And I'm going to live by God's word. Because that's the only truth. That's it. That's the only way to God. And and it's it's living by that. And Jesus says, small is the gate, narrow the road, and few find this road. Few find it. It's a lonely road. It's a lonely road, isn't it? Unless you're in church here. It's lonely out there, isn't it? it it's, it's a lonely road. Because if you live like this, guess what's going to happen? If you follow Jesus Christ, you're going to tick people off. We're going to tick people off just by following Christ. Not because we say anything to anybody else, but just by following Christ. And we're going to be accused of being narrow-minded. <laughs> well, guess what? If you're on the narrow road, you're going to be narrow-minded. There's, a good narrow, there's some narrow-minded that's not good, not being open to new ideas, blah, blah, blah. But I'm talking about spiritually, we have to be narrow-minded because there's one way to God, and that's through his son, Jesus Christ. And if we take a stand for Jesus Christ, we are going to be unpopular, even in religious circles, right? Fanatic, yeah. you know? Even in religious circles, we're going to be very unpopular because real Christians are the minority in the United States today. We're post-Christian nation. Forty years ago, fifty years ago, it was different. Today, true Christians are a, a, a minority in the USA. Today, in your school, if you take a stand for Christ, you are going to be you're going to you're going to be attacked for that. In your colleges, wow. In your workplaces, in your even in many churches, if you try to really follow Christ, some of you came from those churches. You really try to follow Christ, you're going to be in a, a, an unpopular minority in these places. And and he says here. If it, it, you find this road, if you find yourself spiritually isolated, many times we get discouraged, don't we? It's, ah, oh, you know, I'm the only one, and I'm, I'm getting attacked. Listen, Jesus is making a point here. If you find yourself spiritually isolated, that's don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. You're on the right track. You're on the right track because this road, the track you're on, the, leads to life. And Jesus obviously talking about heaven. That's our ultimate destination, journey to the celestial city. That's our ultimate destination. It leads to heaven someday. But, but, but in real life, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we're not just sitting around waiting for this eternal life someday. The life we, are, we get, we get immediately. Do you understand that? Eternal life doesn't start when you get to heaven. Eternal life starts the moment you say, God, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's when real life starts. The the true life that we get, it starts now. John 10.10. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. I'm sorry, steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus didn't come to take away our fun. He came to give us real fun. He came to give us real life. and, And life... The moment you put your faith in Christ, that's when life starts. That's when we're no longer walking dead and zombies. You know, that's when we 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 are transformed, we're made new. We become a new person in Jesus Christ. And that's when we can experience what true happiness is. Not the fake happiness that, you know what I'm talking about? We, remember before you're a Christian, maybe some of you aren't Christian yet, you're on the journey great. I'm glad you're here. Super. Keep coming. Keep coming. But but remember for those who have become a Christian, remember what it was like when we used to chase happiness? We would be like Reaching for this, if I could just have this person's love, or if I can just eat this, or smoke this, or snort this, or whatever we did, right, for happiness. And how long did it last? Just a little bit, and as soon as it was gone, we needed another shot. But when we put when we become a Christian, we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we experience true joy, true peace. Remember, that's what the Sermon on the Mount is all about, how to have true happiness true peace, true joy. And it didn't disappear once the high was gone, whatever we were seeking for. It stayed with us because it was deep. It was deep. And it comes, remember from the Sermon on the Mount? We've been talking about how do we have that? Because, through a, a close relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the secret to happiness. If you haven't been here for that, go on the podcast or get the tapes. We've been going through this. How to have true happiness is that close relationship with Jesus Christ. And every one of us, every one of us comes to a fork in the road. We are all, Josh, can you pop that one picture up? We are all at a fork in the road. And every one of us has to make a decision. Which way will we choose? Which way will we choose? Maybe you're here today, and you're not you're not sure if you're a Christian yet. And once again, the Holy Spirit's got to do the work. When it's time, it's time. But but maybe you're here today, and you you realize that you have to make this choice. What road are you on? Are you on the road to destruction or the road to life? And it's amazing to me how many people never stop to think about what road they're on. If you go to the airport and you're going to take a plane flight, what's the first thing you make sure of? Where's the plane going? Wouldn't it be crazy to just go get on the plane and say, "Surprise me"? Nobody would do that. It'd be nuts. But we do it. So many people do it with life, don't they? They they never they go through life, and and they never they just fly through life without ever figuring out where their life's road is taking them. And I think that's crazy. Which road are we on? There's only one road to life, now and forever. And John. First John five twelve says, once again, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Have you ever believed in Jesus Christ? And it's a lot more than just intellectual assent The biblical belief is where, where it comes from faith, and it's deep. It involves repentance. It says, God, I know I've lived the life of, of rebellion, of, of the wide road and, and, and living the way I want to, and I'm, and I'm crashing, but I don't want to crash. I want to turn back and go on the other road, and I, I repent. I w- turn around from that, the wide road. I walk the other way, and I'm going to go down that narrow road, and I put my faith, in Jesus Christ, my trust, my hope in Jesus, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead. I put my faith in what he did for me. I believe he died in my place on that cross to pay for my sin. I believe he took my punishment, everything I've ever done wrong, every mess I've made in my life. I believe he will forgive me because of what he did on that cross. He took it on himself. I ask for, for forgiveness. I put my faith in Jesus and I'm going to follow him i'm gonna follow him have you ever taken that step of faith in jesus and if we have taken that step are we sticking to the path are we staying on that narrow path or are we falling off into the ditch driving the car off into the ditch right we enter that road by faith and we stay on that road by faith we live we are saved by faith and we live by faith galatians 2 20 the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. We are saved by faith. We live by faith. We our Salvation is by faith and sanctification is by faith. Maybe we're convicted today. I know I am. Maybe we're convicted because we realize that our life is not in line with God's word and God's will in some way. There's something in our life that's not in line. There's always something, right? Something in our life that's not in line with his will in, in his way. And it's a hard battle, isn't it? Because we have pressures from outside and we have pressures inside. The sinful nature is battling. The outward pressure the world is battling. We're being attacked. It's hard. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus the next two weeks on how to face those pressures and how to stay on this road by God's grace and God's mercy. We're going to fo- focus on that the next two weeks. Don't miss the next two because it's, it's coming here. But the starting point, what I wanna, where I want us to start today is, to, is the prayer of, of surrender. The prayer of repentance and the prayer of surrender. Say, God, I repent of slipping off the road. I repent of not staying on your your path for my life. And I want to repent of that and surrender and, and ask for your mercy and ask for your grace. I just want to encourage you to start priming the pump with that prayer so that when we come into the next few weeks, we're going to be ready to really take a running start down the road following Jesus Christ. How is God speaking to us? The way that we choose makes all the difference. It it has eternal consequences. I just want to end with just a little part of a poem. It's called The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. A lot of you probably learned that in school. But I just want to read the last paragraph because it just hit me as I was doing this passage. He says, I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I... I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Let's pray. How is God speaking to us this morning? How is the Holy Spirit convicting us? What is burning in our hearts because of God's word? Maybe as a Christian, we, God's speaking to us right now about something in our life that is making us slip off of his perfect plan for our life, his good plan for our life, for our true happiness and our true peace and our true joy, in, in the starting point to getting back on that road is repentance. It's surrender. What do we need to repent of and ask for forgiveness for and surrender to God this morning? Take some time to, to, to pray and talk to him about that. And while people are praying about that, I want to talk to those now and ask, encourage those who've never put their faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and, and, and you know, you're not sure if you're on that narrow road. You're not sure if you've ever truly put your faith in Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit has you ready to take that step. And you can take it right now. Right where you're sitting. It doesn't take a special religious ceremony or a religious person to help you do it. It's between you and God. It's a prayer between your heart and God's heart. Right where you're sitting, just to say something like this. There's no magic prayer, but something like this. To say, God, I, I ask for forgiveness for everything in my life everything I've ever done or ever will do that goes against your word, that goes against your will for my life. I ask for forgiveness. I repent. I turn and walk back and follow your road for my life. Forgive me. I put my faith in your son Jesus Christ who died on the cross for me. I ask for forgiveness. I put my faith in Jesus. And I'm going to follow you, God. If you've prayed that prayer this morning, or if you do pray that prayer, an amazing thing has happened. You're no longer on a road leading nowhere. You are now spiritually on a road to life with God. God. And that life starts right now. You can now talk to him anytime. He's your spiritual father now. You can talk to him anytime. And he's there for you. And you're going to be amazed at what, what he starts to, 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 to do in your life. I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Tell me on the way out. Shoot me an email. Felt the card. Tell someone you came with. Let somebody know that you've taken this step so that we could be excited for you and encourage you in your new in your new life. Father we pray for we pray for each one of us to get on the road to follow you to, to stay on that road. And Lord I pray that every one of us would know the joy and the peace and the true happiness of walking close with you. pray that in Jesus name.